0: What is up, everyone? Hey, uh, this kind of crazy. We're trying to get some people on here. Uh, got a couple of guys that's going to be joining me for my fantasy football league. I'm waiting for them to pop on. So I thought I would get on before it got too late. So uh, I'm waiting on Brandon Chain and my buddy Lenny to join me. But, you know, thought I'd get us started. Uh, we're going to be talking about cigars here in a little while and Whiskey which is crazy that I don't even drink. Here, we got we got Leonard showing up. Let's see if we can add him to the stream.
1: I'm here. Should I do the, do it on my phone or do it on my uh, computer? What's easiest? <laughs> uh, uh, you, you sound great, man. You are
0: live yeah. all over the internet right now.
1: Excellent. So, Very excited.
0: So uh, Brandon's trying to get on, too, with us here. But this might be him. There he goes. Let's get Brandon on. Jane, it, it's going slow, Leonard. I got you. Well, that's uh, Brandon.
1: <laughs> Sorry, a little
0: technical. <laughs> hey, it's okay, man. Hey, if we got if we got Robbie and Raj through their first broadcast, we'll get you through it too. Oh so, yeah, yeah.
2: Looking so, forward to it. All
0: right, guys. Well, we're live on the Wild World Wild Web. We've got eleven people watching this right now. Matter of fact, nice. Woo! I'm. I'm sure most of them are our friends willing, waiting for us to do something dumb, but that's just who we are. So let me give a little background to everybody that saw the shows before. Uh, Robbie and Rod come from the same group that Brandon and Leonard does, or Lenny as we call him. This is my fantasy football league. So when we just talked about doing this, and we originally, before I joined the other show, this was what this show was supposed to be, just my buddies hanging out. So, these two love. Uh, uh, I mean, Brendan, are you a are you a just a straight whiskey guy, or or or, or what's your drink of choice?
2: No, it's it's both. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of more bourbon than whiskey, um, but I mean, there's so many good ones out there. It's really hard to to really decipher one or or the other. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I just know I like what I like. And one of them, uh, one of my go-tos is, is probably the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, Really? If you can get it for the money, it is, it's fantastic. It's, It's a 12 year, um, made by Heaven Hill and it's, they do three releases a year. Um, usually there's an A, B, and C release, and uh, it's a little higher proof. I uh, I tend to like my bourbon around 105 to the 130 range, somewhere in there. Probably the sweet spot's about 120,
0: 125. Wow. Um, wow, that's, yeah. that's that's well, a little
2: stout. Yeah, it's it's stout, but it you know you sip it, and I like to try the the full flavor neat first, and then add a little water. Uh, or put it on a rock. So
0: so yeah. I really, I, I mean, I'm a non drinker, but I'm intrigued by this because it's like, it has caught fire. Uh, yeah. Especially it went like a few years ago. We just had like Jack green, Jack black and just, you know, maker's mark. And now Lenny, when you go to a liquor store, there's barrel proof. There is,
1: uh, your liquor store can be
0: picking barrels.
1: Uh, It's definitely become a little bit of a a subculture all all on its own, you know, and and like you said, it has caught fire. Uh, And, you know, if you're, you know, 27 to 35 uh, Southern guy, you probably have gotten a little bit of the bourbon uh, virus, so to speak. Uh, And, you know, in terms of collecting, sampling, trying new ones, um um, I'm not sure why it's all kind of uh, came to a head in the last couple of years, but it's definitely a popular thing to be into. Uh, and you can see that all across restaurants and bars across the uh, South now, you know, that everybody's got a decent bottle of something, you know. No longer is it just, yeah you know, we got Jack and Makers and, you know, the regular kind of stuff. Now everybody's got some kind of unique for and... Um, even you find one more places that'll do a single rock for you, uh, instead of just you know cube dice, which is nice for uh people like me who don't like it as hot as Brandon, uh, but still don't want to water you down slushy. So So yep. both of
0: you you both of you guys kind of grew up in that area over around Manchester, Winchester, Lynchburg, and and there's um as you can see we got a comment. I was gonna I was gonna get to this later, but since it's come up. Have either of you tried Uncle Nearest yet? I have not had that. All uh, right. Well, it's an interesting story if you haven't haven't seen it. Uh, it's I haven't, a, I've
2: read the story. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, it's just intriguing to me that that now it seems like it's like one of the hotter brands out there.
1: Uh, yeah. I've heard of it and I've seen it in the store, but I've never I've uh, never sampled it.
2: Same here. Um, I don't know. I feel like once you reach thirty, you got like two directions you can go. You can either like start smoking meats, or you go to like. Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I figured I'd choose bourbon. You know. So.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. We were supposed to have Clay here, and he got his day mixed up. And Clay's kind of our cigar yeah. guy, so we'll stay on bourbon today. And and as strange as it is, considering I'm a non-drinker, I'm intrigued by bourbon. And um. I noticed the other day that y'all were talking about, and I want to ask you about this Buffalo Trace that's putting out so many different bourbons. So start with, start there and tell me what Buffalo Trace is and why it seems
1: to be so hot in the liquor community. Uh, Well, you know, Buffalo Trace is a a really popular um, bourbon right now, and they have a, a whole bunch of other ones. Um, Off of that brand, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the vast majority are are weeded bourbons. Is that not correct, Brandon? It is. And uh, I think those are pretty smooth and easy drinking bourbons and uh, for the price point, um, you know, Buffalo Trace uh, standalone is it's hard to beat. Um, And for that point, it's become hard to find. Uh, And that's kind of kind of um, a cycle that. Uh, feeds on itself, you know. You got a hot market for it now, and it's easy to drink and tastes great, in my opinion, Um, and it just keeps flying off the shelf. Well, and you've you've got the the Buffalo Trace collection,
2: um, which is allocated once a year. Uh, They're impossible to find now. Uh, Used to be able to, you know, find one or two here and there, but now if you don't know somebody or win a lottery pick it's almost impossible to forget find. about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, the second you know, secondary market price on those things, I mean, you're paying upwards of $3,000 for William L. laRue and you yep. know, the Eagle rare 17. I mean, it's, it's outrageous. You know, when you MSRP on them, 120 bucks, 150 right.
0: bucks. Yeah. Right. So, so do you have do you ha- both have a, like okay I'll spend this much but I won't go past this price or do you just keep I mean do you do you just keep looking at local- the I drank before <laughs> yeah. I <get> <laughs> yeah or do you just keep looking at your local liquor store until you find
1: it well for me you know if I find something that I like that's not too crazy above MSRP um, you know I think The 120 to 130, 50 range is about as much as I want to pay coming out of a store. And I really don't mess much with the secondhand market, uh, as Brandon spoke to uh, earlier, because it it really is insane. You know, it's crazy what they allow um, the market to do, um, even through places like Facebook, and, you know, it's just insane. But, you know, I try not to go over that. And there's been a couple of times where I found uh, a couple of unique bottles. I've even texted Brandon about it and, you know, hey, I found this in Illinois and it was, I don't know, it was like 300 bucks for something. can't remember what it was now, but it, there becomes a certain point where you feel a little ridiculous spending that much money on bourbon, you know, but if it's below <laughs> the, the 120 range for just about any bottle here, you know, I'm fairly comfortable spending that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's all relative, obviously. Um,
1: you know, like
2: one of my favorite bourbons, um, that I've ever had it's top three for me is the William Heaven Hill 12, which I believe was a 2020 release, maybe a 2019 can't remember. It's the purple label. Um, fantastic. You could only get it at the distillery. Um, my wife happened to be traveling. She, she picked it up for me. Um, but, you know, they're flipping it on secondary market for, you know, eight, nine hundred bucks. Uh, she paid two hundred and fifty or two thirty, you know, at the distillery for it. Uh, but they only made it's a limited release. They only made like sixty barrels or sixty five barrels, something like that. So, I mean, they'll never have that batch again. So there's a point there where you're like, eh, you know, do you pull the trigger to have have once, you know, once in a lifetime kind of
0: right
2: deal for that batch Uh, but you know it's all what in what you like is my opinion and and what you're you know things are only worth what you're willing to pay uh right if
0: you really like something you know get it who cares so we got a question for the internet and maybe uh whichever one you want to add someone uh, uh greg from knoxville uh is asking do you ever take a blended whiskey and i know blended whiskey is generally when a distillery will take three or four batches and blend it together it are you pro blended whiskey because it, to me it seems like it's not the true taste of a batch it's you take three different batches and get a taste out of it
1: i think probably, people probably would be more surprised that this happens uh, more frequently than they realize and um To me, as long as the taste profile you enjoy, uh, you know, I think you really shouldn't split hairs of it. You know, Um, I I think it happens uh, pretty frequently. And, you know, I actually have a little uh, what I call an infinity bottle where I take, you know, when I pour a drink, I might pour half a shot into this infinity bottle. And it's kind of a collection of all my whiskeys. And I had some of that last night. And I was was pretty, uh, pretty uh, tickled by, to be honest. Uh, I enjoyed it. So I, I think it happens more frequently than people realize. And, you know, for my opinion, as long as you enjoy it, then you shouldn't split hairs over it.
2: Yeah, about- no, I totally agree. Um, I, I've got a version of Poor Man's Pappy, uh, which is a blended Weller 12. Uh, I think it's one part Weller 12, two parts uh, Antique 107. Uh, let it marinate for two, three weeks and... It's, it's pretty tasty. So I, I'm not opposed to blended whiskeys. Uh, like Lenny said, it's it's all about your palate and what you like. Uh, don't be too quick to judge
0: on a blended whiskey. Okay. Uh, so, so if a mash build has more than 50% wheat in it, it gets into a bourbon, correct? So explain to us that don't understand this world, when they're talking about 50% wheat or not 50% wheat what does that do to the taste of the uh, of the liquor because it's definitely a difference between sure. different different i mean it's brown liquor but you definitely have some names that are used there according to the mash bill correct
1: yep that's true uh, and brandy could probably speak to this more uh, technically than i could uh, but you know you basically wheat versus rye In my opinion, and I don't have claim to have the most refined palate, but I find that the weeded whiskeys typically have a a smoother and softer uh, nature to them. Uh, Rice seem to have a little bit more hmm, crisp and uh, distinguished profile, in my opinion. Um,
2: Yeah. So, yeah, definitely um, the weeded bourbons tend to be a lot smoother. not quite as complex Rye, You get quite a bit more spice, uh, even though they're not necessarily higher proof, you'll get a lot more kind of spicy flavor to them and uh, just seem more complex. So typically when I order an old fashioned or something of that nature, which is actually a little bit of a sweeter drink, I usually order it with a rye uh, to offset that sweetness. Uh, okay. so you still get Some of that complexity. If, if you do it with a weeded bourbon, sometimes it gets a little too sweet. Um, for me, uh, again, you know, to each their own. But yeah, that's my two cents. I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but.
1: So no, I, I agree with that. I find that, you know, a sweetness and an overwhelming sweetness profile on a bourbon uh, is one of the things that I uh, dislike the most. Um, yeah, it just uh, doesn't fit my nature. And, you know, with an old fashioned like that, sometimes it's just like, wow, this is just it's like uh, not far cry from like a, a spiked sweet tea you know it's just so sugary yeah. and it's sweet it's just too much
2: yeah it's like a hand grenade in new orleans you just yeah got three sips of it and your stomach starts hurting
0: so there's definitely a level that you use for mix and a level that you use for um sipping whiskey which ones do you prefer or is it according to your mood hey i feel like an old-fashioned tonight. Where I really want some kind of just straight up sipping whiskey.
1: Well, for me, I, I don't stray too far from uh, just a, a single rock and, you know, about a solid two inch pour. Uh, I do enjoy some old fashions and, uh, you know, um, you know, the variety of uh, good mixed drinks that you can make. Um, but I don't stray too far from just the, the straight and normal.
2: I'm with you um, hundred uh, percent. I'll, if we're having a big gathering and stuff, try to tend to the crowd, usually make some old fashions or something like that for people. Um, and I'll have one or two. I, I tend to just like the the actual body and flavor of, of the natural bourbon or, or whiskey, um, yeah. like I said, the rock. Um, I like to taste it out of a Glencairn first, especially if it's the first time I tried it. Right. Which is, Nobody knows one of these little little guys yeah. um, it you know it really does it's kind of it's kind of like why you drink wine out a wine glass it, you know it helps with the nose and all that you know other stuff which I'm terrible at by the way um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, know, it's really uh, hard to become uh, good at that and distinguish yeah. you know I mean, individual notes and flavors last night I was having one it was a um, I had some really strong coffee and uh, not coffee, Susan and caramel and toffee notes. In right. it, and it was just like, it popped out to me because I, I struggle with uh, identifying, you know, what I'm, what I'm missing yeah. in, in these uh, different bourbons. And this one was just like, Whoa, okay. Now I see yeah. uh, uh, it, Go ahead. Go. go ahead, Brandon. No, I was just at
2: like the, the William, uh, Heaven Hill 12, I was talking about earlier that was one of the first bourbons I was able to actually taste something other than, you know, a little heat and, and just the, the ethanol, but it was, uh, I mean, it's a hundred got it right here.
0: So was the bottle
2: 134 proof. Wow. Whew. Um, but it tastes like a peanut butter sandwich almost like, and it, it's almost to like a, just super nutty and chewy almost. Like, if that makes sense, Lenny, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, you'll get some bourbons that are super thin and they finish really bad. Yeah. Like, they stand out great and it's like, oh, this is going to be good. And then you swallow and it's like, it's just gone immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, this just lingers and it's almost like chewy. It's like an oily, kind of chewy, like just lasts and, and keeps going. Um, and you really catch that peanut butter, nutty flavor at the tail end of it, which is, you know, fantastic finish, which, you know, why, why it's one of my favorite. Herbids.
1: Brandon, do you, uh, do you ever mix, you know, if you're drinking on one, uh, that night, you try to stay with it that whole night or did you, uh, Oh,
2: absolutely not.
1: oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. For
2: sure. Well, and typically aside from, you know, something like this, I don't drink the good stuff. Um, unless I have someone to drink it with. Yeah, you know? for sure. I'm all about sharing and, and, getting other people's opinions and experiences on it. So, I mean, I don't want to sit there and drink all my good stuff alone and tell somebody about it. <laughs> you know, so. All right. You, I, I,
0: you, I, I, go, ahead. go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna go ahead. Say, do you ever have the uh, tendency to uh, just, if you got a bottle that you're not in love with, just to just want to put that sucker down and move on and get it out of the, out of the house.
2: Yeah. That usually becomes uh, old fashioned for the crowd. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fair enough. Ironically, that that is going to it's going to lead to my next question. Is you know, I and I really mean this. When we go, we we all spend a weekend together once a year, and um, you know, I've made it no secret I don't drink because of reasons. But when you when you guys are drinking, I want to smell everything that you all are drinking. Yeah, Because I just find it unique, the smell that can come out, like, of basically the same mix of chemicals made differently. So you said you're not great at nosing, but do you ever find one that you just, hey, I like the way this smells? Like, I can tell you right now, I love the way Maker Mark smells. Ever since I, even before
1: I quit drinking,
0: I love, it just smells it smells like what whiskey should be
1: yeah that that's interesting you say that uh maker of Mark definitely has a, a pronounced um flavor and smell to it in my opinion uh and it's one of the reasons it's not my favorite so it's interesting to hear you say that that's All right. Right. You, one of the reasons you like it but yeah there's a couple uh that i've got you know i've got an old forester up here that i really like the way. Uh, you know, it smells, and then it, I think one of the things that people don't do enough is uh, smell it with your mouth open too. Uh, I think that's one of the better ways to get a full flavor profile on it. I agree.
2: Um, again, I'm not I'm not that great at them. Uh, I tend to to steer towards the kind of chocolate um, nuttier smells uh, for me, which may smell better, but it's all about flavor and taste to me, um, really more on the palate than than the nose. I can typically get by the nose pretty quickly um, <laughs> with no problems. So.
0: You know, uh, we got a comment from our friend Allison Hell Davis that said, Brendan, it's, in, it's impossible to do that kind of gathering right now because it requires people being in the same room. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I, guess we're, I guess I guess that, that is not, true. That's
2: why I have several bottles that are ready for old fashions when we
0: when we get back together. So sounds <laughs> like we're going to have a fun draft this year. So uh, I don't know if y'all have watched our, uh, the other show I'm on, the other angle with Philip Chaplin, but Chappie mm-hmm. drinks bourbon the whole or drinks the whole time, so he's intrigued by this. So I'm going to ask just a, the dumbest question I can ask either one of you. So Chappie always says, you know, drink the good stuff. I enjoy the good stuff. If you're building like a tailgate bar, do you invest or do you just go get a couple of bottles of Jack's? and, You know, because here at the house, I've got a couple of bottles. You come over to my house and you say, hey, you got something to drink? I'll say, yeah, you want a Coke and whiskey? It's going to be Jack Daniels. That's it. So how about y'all when you have company or a tailgate or something like that? What do you do?
1: Well, I don't wanna say I'm a, a snob about it because I don't I don't like when people are snobs about it to me, but I will say that if you came over and you clicked out of one of my better whiskies and you wanted to mix it with a Coke, I I wouldn't be <laughs> insulted, but I wouldn't be <laughs> with you. No. Um, and,
0: and
1: and for that reason you do I mean, you know, I think you should provide some whiskeys that are, you know, more designed for mixing in my opinion, you know, your JD, your makers, uh, some of that stuff, this other stuff, I think, I don't want to say you're wasting it, but you're not getting the full, your, your full, uh, tickets worth in my opinion, you know, you're missing out on some of the finer aspects of it. If you don't, you know, enjoy it neat or with some, uh, little water to open it up or with a little ice, you know, um, Well,
2: I I think it's, you know, it's all about the people you're around too. you know, some people just enjoy a good Jack and Coke, Robbie Davis. And then there's some people that that enjoy good bourbon. So I think you keep a little bit of each on hand. Um, Tailgates parties, I I definitely don't mind sharing. Like I said, I'd rather share and and drink good bourbon with people that appreciate it and, and like it. But no, I'm not going to let Robbie mix uh, my William Heaven Hill 12 with some Coke. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Even if he does a rap song? But even if Definitely he does a rap song. not then. <laughs> All right. All right. A question then uh, for both of you. You know, we've been on some social settings where everyone starts out on a nice bourbon, but, you know, as the night goes on, you know, it may deteriorate. Do you – if you're having a night where it's just – Hey, I'm going to catch a little buzz, and I'm going to hang out with my boys at the lake. Do you start with a nice bourbon and finish with just maybe a house blend, or once you start nice, you have to stay nice?
1: Well, you know, uh, for me, I I, uh, I don't try – you know, I'm 36 now. I don't ever try to mix any liquors or any other beverages. I mean, sometimes I'll have a couple beers and then switch to bourbon, but that's rare and rare. Now I'm more of a, if I'm going to get on the bourbon train, I'm staying on it till we get off uh, wherever that is. And yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, mixing, you know, if I was going to have a makers uh, you know, on the lake and then switch to some good stuff later tonight, I'm not sure I would want to go too high end on that later switch, just cause I would lose some of the, um, yeah. some of the notes and some of the, the tasting profile. Just because you've, you've been drinking all day, you know, I'd I'd rather enjoy that for an, a, a, a fresh start, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like,
2: you know, some of the good stuff for we're in for a long haul drinking. I, I'm going to drink some of the good stuff, you know, first couple rounds and then definitely try and mix in some water uh, in between because some of the higher proofs I like to drink will catch up pretty quickly. So, yeah. But I, I like to stay on on the train once once you get on.
0: So this is a great question from my friend Rick here in Chattanooga. He wants to know, do you find different whiskeys give you a different kind of buzz? That's, yeah, interesting.
1: <laughs> That's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I don't think I, I, I think there's different kind of buzz between, you know, wine and a whiskey and a beer. Uh, sure but I'm not sure I'm at the point where I can delineate uh, between different types of whiskey buzzes at this point. I'm not sure if I want to either.
2: I know you get there quicker with the higher proof. Like I said, that's why you you mix in the water um, in between for sure. But yeah, as far as you got a a whiskey bourbon buzz or a a wine buzz or, or a beer buzz, I think you can definitely delineate between those.
0: So, uh, you started it early, Brandon. Let's 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 get into what you really like. You said you. What what is your top three? And then, Lenny, same question to you. What what are if it's not three? What are your five go tos? Just give us a, give us a sample of what what's going on at the chain house right now.
2: So top three right now. Um, obviously the the William, Headmill uh, Twelve. Um, I've got the. 2019 George T. Stag, which is fantastic, and then I'd have to say um, the Whistle Pig Black Prince. Uh, It's probably my. So I've never
1: had any of that Whistle Pig. Is it pretty good? So
2: I'm not a huge Whistle Pig fan. Um, Neither am I, to be honest with you. Which uh... uh, I really some of the lower stuff. I'll say lower, lower years, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, The the ten and the twelve, the twelve actually. Okay, yeah, my dog just scared the crap out of me. Somebody's broken in on you, Lenny. Uh, yeah, it's my mom. I thought we
0: had, thought we had a drive by, it
2: scared me.
0: Um, oh, uh,
2: go ahead, man. but the uh, the Whistlepig 12 is really good. The 15, I believe, I, I feel is overpriced, but that Black Prince, uh, if you can find it, I think original MSRP might have been like $3.99 or $4.99. Um, but it's it's upwards of six and seven hundred dollars now. Um but it's fantastic. Again, it's a higher proof. I, I don't know why. I I just feel like on some of those really good ones, even though they're higher proof, they drink more like a 110 or you know, something of that proof because they've got so much flavor, it it takes away the heat. Um but yeah, I mean that's you know, my favorite, obviously I can't afford to, to drink those daily or, you know, uh, anything of that nature, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Uh,
1: I've got three that are kind of, you know, middle tier that I think uh, I've really enjoyed in the last bit. Um, new riff, uh, not much of a secret anymore, but new riff is making some great bourbons, uh, for a great price point too, in my opinion uh and then there's a couple that are out outside of the traditional uh bourbon areas the uh, smoke wagon unfiltered uh, las vegas is top notch uh really like that i haven't tried any of their other selections yet but i've been really pleased with that and then um campfire out of uh, park city utah uh, they make a, a good selection out there uh that i've enjoyed too and these are all in i say they're mid-tier you know that that unfiltered i believe was 80 and the campfire i think was around there too but that new riff is a very affordable bottle uh you find it you know msrp for around 40 45 here in middle tennessee yeah. and then uh another one that i've been, i really like uh, widow jane uh too that's been one that's i think i paid 110 for that but that's a good one too um, Which so Say what? Which year? God, to be honest with you, Brandon, I have to go look. I don't know if The white label ten year. It yeah, it's the white label.
2: Yeah. So that—that's my personal favorite out of the Widow Jane selection. That's why I was mm-hmm. asking. I've had the. Yeah. I think they make a fourteen, maybe, or and I know they make a twelve as well, but for the price point, I, I think you get a little better flavor out of the mm-hmm. ten, personally. But, um, no, I agree with you.
0: So. A crazy question we just got from the internet from, uh, out of Knoxville again. What's the difference between a Tennessee
1: whiskey and a Kentucky bourbon? So, uh, you know, you're really getting into some, uh, the weeds with that. You know, It's really about nomenclature more, uh, really? you know, and you know, they say that you're not supposed to call anything, um, that comes out of Kentucky, uh, anything other than a bourbon and should be labeled as such. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of uh, a little bit, Split you know, at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, Split I mean,
2: you're going to have hardcore whiskey people that say, you know, Tennessee whiskey is this, this, this. Again, I go back to, you know, you drink what you like, uh, call it what you want. Bourbon whiskey. Tastes, tastes pretty
0: good. So. Agreed. <laughs> 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 uh, enough that you uh, both have learned a little bit about it over time. For sure. Uh, again, let's go back to at your house, do you have uh, – Brendan showed us a is, – uh, is, is, what did you call that, the, your decander? Uh, I know it's called a decander in the wine world.
2: Oh, the Glencarion?
0: Okay, yes. Uh, do you have a rig? Do you have – I want to drink out of these glasses – I make my own one cube ice, and I have my own rig that I make that out of. Do you have those kind of tools that you use at your house, Lenny?
1: Yeah, I think uh, to properly enjoy it, I mean, not to be too uh, aristocratic or, you know, uh, snobby, but I really do think it's more enjoyable with the proper uh, setup, you know, and part of that is the glass like Brandon showed and then, you know, just a good standard uh, drinking glass. And for me, you know, having the, uh, the molds uh, that you can do the one rock with, um, it just makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, I agree.
2: And I, I mean, I don't always drink everything straight neat. I like to, at least the first time I try it, I like to try it neat and out of a Glencairn because that, you know, in the bourbon world, that's the proper way or, or whatever. Uh, but I do find that it, it you actually do get a lot more of of the flavor, and I'm learning the nose of it as well. so
0: yeah. So Lenny, you do a lot of traveling, and I think you do too, uh, Brandon. Do you find that that what is popular is more regional based? because I've noticed my friends uh, I work for a company out of Michigan, and I notice a lot of times they are drinking out of a different kind of core up there then then i see you guys in this area drink of so is it is it some just taste or is it local local I think,
1: distilleries i think there's a certain uh locality that comes with it you know um some of the bourbons down here are definitely obviously we're closer to you know kentucky and uh historic bourbon making places uh but you know i went up to des moines not too long ago and um was talking to the guy at the bar about that. And I think once you get out of the mid-tier um, bourbons and get up into, you know, the the stag and the weller and, you know, the higher stuff, um, that becomes kind of more universal uh, things that everybody knows. And I think that maybe it's just more brand recognition uh, than anything else. But I think for some of the local, um things here i I do find that you know the guys i run around with down here we all enjoy the same kind of stuff okay that makes sense and and
0: brendan uh what do you find as you travel is it, it just specialty or do you find the same brands
2: um you'll find some kind of little boutique uh kind of bourbon some new local to the area there's actually one here um that i just recently found it's called buffalo chip uh, and, and it's out of Nashville. They're, they're fairly new. They've got uh, what they call an American um, whiskey or American bourbon. And then, then another one that's uh, an actual higher proof. And it's, it's pretty good. I, I stumbled on it in a, in a local store down in Tullahoma and they were doing a tasting and I tasted it, and it was, again, it had that rich body. Uh, it was, it was kind of chewy, oily, You know base and a a great finish so you know it's 59 bucks uh well worth it but as far as traveling outside yeah i mean i think it's all kind of sourced from you know a few of the major distilleries, and then you start getting different blends and barrel combinations and you know different aging processes
0: right well not to switch subjects but we were going to talk uh couple of the cigar guys really didn't show up, but, you know, I see Brandon smoking on one and I've recently discovered a cigar I love. Um, so do you uh, let's tie it to the bourbon. Do you like a cigar when you when you drink bourbon or is the cigar usually a thing unto itself for you?
2: So I definitely enjoy it most um, with a really good glass of bourbon.
0: Okay. That's
2: that's kind of my my thing. Like on a weekend or something of that nature, you can sit out on the back porch, have a good glass of bourbon, or hanging with friends, something like that. Good glass of bourbon, a good cigar, kind of like this. Just that's why smoking a cigar, drinking a right. good glass of bourbon, yeah, <laughs> just the camaraderie and uh, yeah. But I do. I'm a big golfer, obviously, so um, I, I enjoy a, a cigar on the golf course as well.
0: Nice, nice. I've I found a brand called American Rebel, which is maybe the most mild cigar that you've ever had, but it's a really easy smoke. You know, uh, I remember at the draft this year, Raj gave me a Rocky Patel, and for two days I was coughing afterwards. So when I, being a non-smoker, and you know, it's once a week I have a cigar. I like something that's not so harsh, and I know Lenny, you don't smoke a lot of cigars, but when you do, what do you look for?
1: You know, I look for uh, kind of just a smooth, easy smoking uh, cigar, and it, it is rare when I smoke one. You know, I'm talking rare as in maybe two a year, um, maybe more than that, maybe three, or four a year. I every every time, why. every time you win the fantasy football championship. Well, it's becoming more frequently. You know, I'm yeah, more yeah. Say. yeah. But I look Somebody. for something that's that's uh, pretty smooth smoking uh and again i don't have i'm ignorant in the cigar world so i don't have a very refined palate about that but um i try not to if it feels like you know tearing up my lungs it's not going to be uh, a fan right but but i enjoy them and you know like if then i go out and play golf even rarer than i smoke a cigar but it's definitely one of those things that uh, there's certain activities that it just pairs well with naturally you know yeah. I, and
0: I, I find after I have like a real satisfying meal, like if I'm on a trip or something and I, and I, I have a great meal, a, a good cigar to finish it off. is really nice. Brindle, yeah, do you,
2: do you like have, BST, but, um, sorry.
0: do you have a brand that in particular you like, or,
2: um, again, cigars are, are like the bourbon world. Um, Again, I'm I'm new to them. Um, Just I smoke what I like. I found that the Connecticut's are kind of the lighter uh, version, I guess, uh, of a cigar. They're a lot easier smoking. Um, My first kind of few cigars that I got into were the Rocky Patels. Um, You know, you could find some of those that that were really smooth, uh, easy, easy smoking, but you know, it's like, they've got different, uh, levels of, you know, uh, complexity and, you know, how I guess thick it is for lack of a better word. Um, you know, of the, of the cigar, uh, I've really gotten into this. It's kind of like a little boutique cigar. Uh, I found it locally. Um, it's the Gherkin uh, brand. They, they make about like 105 different flavors or different types of cigars but um, I found them locally and just I bought a couple different versions and I've really really enjoyed those they, they pair well with bourbon that's actually what I'm spoken now one is it's a bourbon flavored cigar so
0: imagine that <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> uh, but it it it's good
0: yeah and let me plug right here for a second uh, of course. We're going to go to seven thirty here with the show, with Man Talk with my friend Lenny and my friend Brandon, of course, from the Jimmy James Football League. Um, and then tonight, three r sports will be here at eight o'clock with full well, that I, I really consider a bourbon expert, and he he's always talking about, uh, you know, he's quite extensive with his collection and stuff. But he absolutely told me one day when I was asking him that. Some of the real super high end, he feels like it becomes almost status to drink. And he, he was talking about Pappy Van Winkle and stuff like that. I mean, do you, do you when you go into a somewhere and they're pushing, to, is it status? Is it is it is it high school again and you've got to have a certain team? I, or is it really that much better than everything else on the market?
1: It, I, go ahead, yeah. man. Uh, I was going to say, I think uh, it's totally status for some of these higher end stuff, you know, that Pappy and um, some of that stuff. It's just outrageous. And they it's a little bit like the diamond uh, industry. You know, they they they've got a unique hold and they only produce so many. So it makes it more rare. And then that just further increases, you know, the uniqueness of it because it's hard to find. Uh, But taste wise, you know, I think past a certain point, you're not getting any different. You know and it's just now that bourbon is a new thing it's just only increased that uh, scarcity and people really going after those big names you know like brandon said either with some of these allotments unless you know somebody at the liquor store you want a raffle you can just forget about it you know it's not going to happen and unless you're kind of a, a liquor store you know junkie run around to 15 in a day just seeing what's out there, which I've done before, so I can't say anything bad about it. <laughs> right. But it's hard to uh, it's hard to find that stuff, you know, unless you know somebody or willing right. to pay through the teeth. Yeah.
2: No, I. I mean, I totally agree. It's uh, definitely a status. Um, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. Right. These people know what they're doing. You know, uh, they they see the the market and how it's increased. Um like I said, there there are a thousand bourbons out there that you can get for a hundred dollars or less that are fantastic. Uh, and there's no reason to chase a a, a Pappy 23, you know, for fifteen hundred dollars when you can get ten good right. bourbons for for less than a hundred. So.
1: Yeah, I was I was at a uh, when I was up in Des Moines. I was at a little bar up there, and they had a pappy. And you know, just out of curiosity, I was going to see you know what a shot was, and it was uh sixty five dollars for a single one ounce pour. And I was like, God, wait, that's just it's insanity. Yeah, were you tempted just to to have the experience? I was, something? I was, but you know, uh not that tempted. Not sixty five dollars <laughs> for a one ounce pour tempted. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Hey, that's a good bottle of bourbon for 65
1: bucks. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: So. so uh you're listening to man talk, bourbon talk, friend talk here on river city media tonight at eight o'clock three hours. Sports will be back. Uh So guys, we got about 10 minutes. And one thing, the only go I really had from this is, you know, I got a lot of respect for both of you when it comes to this topic. And I, I like I said, <laughs> On the text, Lenny, we couldn't have done this without you and Brandon. But I don't, I, when, when I do a show like this, and since I can't be an expert, I have people, and we'll have people list watch this for the next five years when it goes out on YouTube. So you have someone sitting in front of you that is, you know, became interested in bourbon. Give me, uh, both of you take a chance, a give me a how to get started where do you spend your money and 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 how to be smart about getting into the you know and I do consider this a hobby it's more than just drinking cuz people and this is this has become really serious to me like um, I have some f- friends that's into wine and they are very uh, very very particular about it and this has become the next wine generation to me so I agree. uh w- whichever one wants to start just give me give me if you had five hundred dollars what would
1: you do uh well you know kind of like brandon said once you hit 30 you either get into smoking meats or drinking bourbon or collecting (laughs) bourbon really closer to it at this point um you know i uh there's a couple places when i got started i had a couple friends that get got me into it and then i started researching online and uh, bourbon subreddit is pretty good on reddit.com and just figuring out what the reviews are and what people are saying about this, that, and the other, and which ones to avoid, which ones to try. And then I'd start out with, uh, you know, (laughs) a good mid-tier bourbon that's gonna cost you 35, 40 bucks and um, just sip it and see what you think about it. I mean, it's it's not for everybody. uh, Previously, before I got into it, I I was not much of a, I'm gonna drink it neat kind of guy, but that's definitely evolved. Um, But for, you know, if you had started out with a couple hundred bucks, I would go with definitely that old Forester. Uh I'm just looking at my collection right now. Some of the Russell's Reserve is great for the price point. Um, I'm not the biggest Willet guy, but some people love it. Um, what else do I like off the top? Well, uh, Yellow, Yellowstone's a great cheap
0: one. Go ahead, sorry. Do you, do you invest in some glassware and some ability to make your own ice cubes at the same time?
1: Yeah, I think that would be a, a, and it's pretty cheap. You can get this set uh, off Amazon, uh, you know, for fifteen bucks. You know, and that includes the uh, cubes and everything. And it'll enhance your experience exponentially, in my opinion. Alright, yeah. Brandon, totally agree. Um,
2: you know, one of the things to start out on, if if you're looking to go that route, obviously, most people probably drinking bourbon start out with uh, Jack and Coke, uh, and kind of go from there, but if you're looking to do something on the rocks, which is kind of, I think where we all started uh, you obviously don't want to go straight into the, to the neat. Cause it, it just tastes like straight alcohol initially. Um, I think a Buffalo trace, just the straight Buffalo trace brand, uh, 25, 30 bucks uh, is a, is a solid buy. It's a good weed bourbon. That's, um, you know, going to kind of ease you into it. It's not a high proof, um, again Elijah Craig uh, just the the normal Elijah Craig small batch uh, is another good one um, but there uh, there's so many of them like he said the Russell's uh, the Yellowstone it's also uh, also really good um, trying to think off the top of my head anything else um, possibly uh, if you can find it an Eagle rare uh, Eagle rare it's a ten-year-old bourbon. Uh, and it, usually if it's on the shelf, you can get it 30, 40 bucks. And right. it's, it's fantastic. It's another good entry, uh, entry bourbon. So
0: you, you bring up a good point that I didn't want to get out of here without discussing, you know, we all know that they put it into barrels and these barrels are charred and the the color passes into the barrel. What is the big deal about aging as a novice? I hear seven years, 10 years, 15 years. Is it the chemical reaction that it's having with the wood, the longer it ages, the better it gets?
1: You know, I think, uh, there's definitely a sweet spot in my opinion, you know, something from nine, i mean, seven to, I don't know, seven to 12 is about the, per- the good spot for me. Otherwise it can become over the top oaky or woody, uh, and not really enjoyable. I've got a 15 year uh, knob Creek in here that uh, to be honest, it's just not my favorite right now. I'm going to have to circle back to it and try it some more, but, you know, it is that time in the bottle and, you know, even letting it slosh around, that's why they roll them around. So there's Jefferson's aged ocean, which is kind of a unique thing where they've got it on a ship out there, which is constantly jostling back and forth to, you know, coming in and out of the wood. But for me, that's the sweet spot is, you know, seven to 10 years or so. About I agree. Brother? I
2: agree. Although the new riff is, a, is about a, I think three year, eight months. That's um, true. Yeah. So you're starting to find a lot more of these blends that are, that are stepping up right with that aging process. Um, I, I enjoy kind of like Lenny around that 12 year mark is, is a really good sweet spot. Uh, again, you start getting in the 15 to to 20, years it's going to be super oaky and, and overbearing is the forefront of it um, not that it's not smooth and really good I've got a an Elijah Craig 18 that is fantastic but again you know it, it's it's an acquired taste for that kind of oaky forefront
0: okay yeah Yo, you, you got me where I was going to save this till the next show and y'all we'll do this about once a month we may get into some different subjects but I love talking about this. Um, We discussed or we had a group text going about the Jeffersons. What if I was intrigued by Does the salt air not do something to it. Also, would that not, cause the wood to expand or
1: contract differently? Yeah, you know, it's a valid point. I hadn't considered that aspect of it, uh, and I don't know, to be honest, um, but I do know that, and you know, I, it's a little bit of a gimmick, in my opinion, kind of, okay. but I think it's also a cool thing to separate yourself, and I'm sure they're not the only ones to do it, but you know, they're probably the most successful at it, but I do think it's it's one of my favorite bourbons um, that I have right now in my house, but you know it's just that constant motion of uh the wood and uh the bourbon coming in and out of it
2: i agree i think it's more of a niche um kind of deal Uh, separate them something different um, marketing ploy but again i i do believe that you know the constant motion does help with somewhat with the flavor and the smoothness of it maybe um but I, as far as the uh, the salt, no clue, man. <laughs> that, oh, sounds
0: like I'm going to be Googling that one tonight. Yeah, that
2: was right. too too scientific above my pay grade. Hey. All
0: right, one more question, guys, and we're out of time. And this time, God, this went by fast. And I know Lenny keeps making
2: cigar, up.
0: Hey, man, it's uh, it goes so fast.
2: It's like I'll be sitting by myself.
0: Uh, well, you can join us at nine, eight o'clock too, and stay with us. Uh, so, have you tried any of the rapid aging stuff? Because I, I've read I've read mixed reviews. I watch the show Moonshiners on TV. I see. Oh, we can throw a young uh, uh, oak chunk in there for six weeks if it's charred right, and get the same taste as a seven-year barrel. So. My friend in Knoxville, who I call my my liquor expert, and I asked him about it. He said it was absolutely trash. So, have y'all had the experiences with this stuff?
1: So my brother did that, and his uh, his experience echoes his friends, and he said it was absolute trash. He said it was just terrible. So I've it, never it, tried it. it. It, yeah, there
2: there's there is a science behind this, and and the people know what they're doing. That actually do it that's why the bourbon rush and in the craze for these you know aged it it it's it takes it's a process i mean it takes time you, you can't rush it and and pull out a rabbit out of the hat you know
0: right so. so that went fast we got time for a couple another question here so before we get off there the new rage uh, that's going on also is bourbon tours have you guys took any of the tours, have been to any of the distilleries? Uh, I know Chris, our friend, just went to Maker's Mark, and it looked like a great
1: – I mean, I want to go.
0: Uh, Lenny, have you done any of that?
1: I have. I've done that. Uh, it's been a couple of years. Uh, we went up there and did some of that. Um, obviously, last year, it was a little bit of a one-off. I'm not sure what you can get in and see the, at the different places, but uh, I've enjoyed it, and it's a fun – if you get you know, a crew of people together, it can be kind of a fun little weekend thing to do to go hop around and see uh, the different places uh, up there on the bourbon trail. I, I have not been on the
2: bourbon trail in Kentucky. Um, just hadn't made it that way yet. My wife's been a couple times through work. And like I said, she's picked up a few bottles for me at the distilleries, but uh, Jack Daniels is the last, last bourbon tour I've been on. And, um, actually, a squire there, but uh, again, it's nice. not my favorite juice. So, <laughs> so I've actually
1: never done that one. So,
2: it's a
0: little bit of a shock yeah, well, for that. Living,
2: living right there, I've done it probably a hundred times. So, had <laughs> a lot of friends that still work there.
0: Oh wow! So you, you kind of grew up over there too, didn't you, Lenny? Or yeah. Well, sorry.
1: Or no. Maybe, uh, I'm from uh, Nashville, but um, okay. my cousin is down there. He lived, is uh, down there from Estill, and I spent a lot of time uh, down there in Estill and uh, Franklin County as a kid, and um, went to school nearby in Chattanooga, and then just had friends down there. So I've been in and out for my whole life.
0: Hey, and Brandon, you are from the that region, correct? You're right. I mean, yeah, the front. Springs,
2: uh, yeah, Franklin County. Um, like I said, I've been on that tour about 100 times. so
0: That's cool, yeah. man. Uh, so, next year when it comes draft day, I have to ask this question. What are you bringing to the draft? And can I bring you <laughs> something extra, Lenny? Because I'm damn tired of you winning the
1: league. I told <laughs> you y'all not
0: to cuss, and then I did.
1: You may. Uh, I'm going to bring probably a bottle of uh, Buffalo Trace and probably a bottle of Weller. Uh, but... Uh, those are just two that I've really enjoyed, and they're smooth. And uh, if Robbie mixes one with Buffalo Trace, I won't be heartbroken. But uh, as long as he doesn't have yeah. Uh, Weller can't
2: do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, agreed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing the uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof. Oh, um, really? One of my favorites. That's a good one. I,
0: that's
2: a good one. Yeah. So, and a bat to smack Lenny in the knee so he can't draft.
0: Yeah. Okay. And uh, Will you be predicting the Prickness again this year, Chang? Maybe. <laughs> to be <laughs> I, determined. Hey, <laughs> y'all, uh, if you wasn't here, and, and we talk about this league, even Raj and Robbie and I talk about it. Last year we're drafting, and it was Preakness Day, was it not? Uh, or was it? Yeah. So it's Preakness Day, and, I, you know, I've got a $10 bet on some horse, random. Don't even remember who it was. So it was you. And geoff and someone else, uh, went, Dave six. yeah, went all in on a horse yeah. and had no knowledge, no, just, just picked it by the name, yeah, and hit it. Correct,
2: and that's correct. And it, and we won, and we had quite the celebration afterwards. So <laughs>
0: We did good right till uh, a certain karaoke machine broke out and we won't well, discuss that's that terrible. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that, but all right. One last question. God, we'll call it a night. What, what would you, what would you, uh, what, what, what would you do? Give me some advice here. I'm a newbie. Uh, my friends, I'm going to tell them to go watch it. My friend that was on the show last week, that was a, uh, a, a, it's a competition barbecue. I said, what well, give advice to your average people. And he goes, go buy an average grill. You don't need my $6,000 grill to make good barbecue. Lenny, and then we'll finish up with Brandon. And and before we do, guys, I've had a great time. This has been so much fun to me. And everybody goes, oh, you don't drink. But I'm intrigued by the subject, man. It's a, it's an art to me. It's an art. And, it, and I enjoy reading about it, uh, like Uncle Nearest's story and, and, and folks, if you haven't read the story or seen the story, it's absolutely a great story. So go go, go Google it. There's a great uh, YouTube video. So uh, last words, start with you, Lenny, and then Brandon, you can bring us home.
1: Well, thanks uh, thanks uh, for putting this on. Randall. I know I've enjoyed it, and I'm sure Chain has too. Uh, it's been fun to get on here and chew the fat with you guys. and uh, I like watching, watching your uh, little media empire grow and happy to be a part of it yeah, uh, I, I, I
0: love
1: it. I would just say, you know, take it easy. You don't have to uh, go in, you know, hip deep immediately. You no, know, just find something that you may enjoy. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get into it and just uh, start there and let it grow from there.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, thank you for having us on. Uh, this is love awesome. To. Look forward to doing this again for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, get get a bottle of Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, something – Super weedy, smooth to drink and just kind of introduce yourself to it. See what you
0: like. That's awesome, man. Well, again, everybody, this has been my friend Lenny Hutchinson and my friend Brandon Chang. They've been uh, dropping down low on some bourbon to us. Uh, We'll be back. And maybe I'd really like to get Clay on here uh, with you guys to talk about the bourbon cigar mix. Because Clay has just yeah
2: way better than that.
0: Yeah, he has just a, such a, a working knowledge of cigars. I think we could really, you know, kind of blend it together. So, uh, if you are watching River City Media, we will be back at eight o'clock with three hours sports Tonight's Subject: NFL Draft. What's wrong with the Dodgers bullpen? What's the Falcons going to do with the fourth pick? And hey, guys,
2: Justin Fields.
0: Justin Fields. That's going to is a huge Ohio State fan. I was like. I I should have asked you that during the show. He's going to turn everyone that passed on him, too. Hey, you know what? I said it, Shane, and I don't get off on the subject. And, you know, I'm a a lifelong Falcons fan. If if they draft Justin Fields, who is a local kid to Atlanta, they will sell more in jerseys in the first year than they pay him in salary. He will be the most popular player in that franchise history. Since Well, probably since Michael Vick. so
1: uh, Well, it's not a bad move because Matty Ice isn't a spring chicken, you know. No,
0: he's 36. Hey, hey Lenny, I, I want to no, argue with No, he's
1: 39.
0: No, he's 39. I won't argue with Lenny no more. So, ever since I traded him uh, Melvin Gordon because I thought he was a, a dead old man. So, uh, uh, anyway, guys, I appreciate it. And uh, everybody it. stick around for three hours. And we'll try to schedule this watch and maybe – you know, I've got the barbecue guy coming once a month. Maybe we can mix that in with the, you know, and plus maybe we can get into some other distilled spirits at some point. So, sure. everybody, everybody, thank you for watching River City Media. We'll be back in a half hour with three-hour sports. See you guys.
2: See ya.